Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Venari podcast. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Amazing. Um, well, we're very excited to be having this conversation today because we're going to be talking about all things innovation. And what an amazing time to be talking about this topic as, you know, the aviation industry comes out of what was, you know, a cataclysmic era for them during the pandemic. Um, but it seems like you guys in, in particular at Vancouver Airport have done quite a lot to push past that and make the most of a bad situation. And we're going to talk about your role as Director of Innovation and Technology at Vancouver Airport Authority, but also you know, some of the challenges of being in that role full stop and what you guys feel uh, is the best way to to let innovation succeed in an organization. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to kick off with um, a quick question around just you. I'd love to know a bit about you, introduce yourself and your role and what you're currently up to at, at uh, Vancouver Airport. Yeah, thanks. And I just wanted to kind of touch on what you said at the beginning about uh, you know, how important innovation and tech transformation is these days. So I think before the pandemic, it used to be a real, uh, it was kind of a nice to have for airports and for industries. Yeah. And I think what what uh, the pandemic and all of the subsequent issues that have arisen within the airport and airline industry uh, have taught us is that this is no longer just a, a luxury. This is a necessity uh, for us to be able to kind of create that structure to be able to withstand whatever comes our way today or tomorrow, because it seems to be happening in such frequency. Um, so I'm really happy to kind of share what uh, innovation means for YVR, what we're doing and where we're going. So uh, my name is Chris Gilliland. I'm our director of uh, technology development within the uh, innovation team at Vancouver Airport Authority. Now I've been here many, many years at YVR uh, but progressively in, in uh, different roles. And I think uh, back in uh, 2013, uh, we created a new department, the innovation team at YVR. And I joined at that time. And we had a really interesting mandate. And our mandate was to develop new technologies. And I don't mean something that was off the shelf, but something that brand new, invest in new technologies that would solve our challenges first here at YVR. And then if there was a commercial opportunity, uh, we would uh, spool up a business development team and we would sell it to other airports. Mm -hmm. So it's been a fantastic journey to be able to chart my career and to be able to contribute to the, the industry and to, to my airport, the community that we serve um, in, in this role. And uh, happy to talk a little more in the future uh, about, you know, how other airports should be investing in, in this type of uh, transformation. Well, I was going to ask you, because I think you, if it, if it was 2013 that you guys built that function and decided to, to make that shift, you were probably one of the earlier businesses to really embrace innovation and that role. Um, I was quite interested as well to unpack why you decided to build your own products in-house. And, and is that something you still do right now? Are you still building things internally? You have the capability yourself. Yeah, we, we're. I think we're one of the only few airports in the world to have an in-house software development team. And again, I can't stress enough how important that is for us to be able to, you know, kind of chart our, our own destiny that way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big, big fan of not being reliant on suppliers all the time. They certainly play a role, but airports, industry, they can take a much bigger role at kind of charting their own course when it comes to technology and investment in technology. So, yeah, how I got into this was we had a really bad problem at YBR and a lot of other airports at the time, the late 2000s. And this was about long border lineups. We have two borders at YBR, CBSA and CBP, long lineups. 
there wasn't a lot of technology out there that would solve our problems. So we, uh, we collaborated with uh, CBSA, or Canada Border Services Agency, and uh, we thought, uh, you know, if we introduce a self-service technology, self-service, like a self-service kiosk, but actually built for border control, I think that's going to, that would be, uh, that would solve the challenges. Mm -hmm. So we worked with CBSA, uh, we spooled up a development team, we hired developers, we hired solutions architect, product owners, we built a prototype. And uh, in 2013, we were, uh, we were the first airport to introduce uh, kiosks for border control. It worked so well at YVR at reducing our border weights. We had other airports knock on our doors. We want in on this. We want to be able to uh, assume the same advantages. And that's how we kind of uh, created that commercial opportunity. Um, uh, right up until the pandemic, I think our, we were at 57 airports around the world. And uh, again, I encourage my colleagues to look at this opportunity. When you build in-house development teams, the commercial impact, creating new revenue streams for an airport, um, I think it's a pretty cool business model. And interesting, because we were speaking about Skipple earlier, and um, they, I think, are very much in the same boat with being able to build these technologies in-house and then take them to market. So it's nice to see that there are airports kind of leading the way and setting these standards and then, uh, you know, being able to allow that industry to kind of push forward because you guys are very codependent as a sector. Yes. Yes. Travel industry is very codependent. You you cannot really push the needle too much further without the rest of you kind of also inching forward. Um, so interesting. And and that role with the kiosks, that was one of many successful product launches. And the one that we want to talk about really is your latest digital twin platform, which um, from what I understand has been an absolute hit in the market. I'd love to know a bit more. I mean, well, firstly, tell us what that is and how it kind of functions in your airport. Great. So for those that may not be familiar, a digital twin or our digital twin is an exact digital replica all of all of our terminal buildings, our airside facilities, our landside facilities, and the Musqueam lands on which uh, we are located. So we took the opportunity during the, the pandemic to, to do you know, a lot of investment into you know, capturing all of the data so that we could create really high fidelity three-dimensional model of our facilities. We also have a two-dimensional model of our facilities. And what the digital twin essentially does is it's a platform, scalable platform that brings in all of the data sources at an airport. And for, for uh, the audience, and everyone knows just how many complex systems there are operating in an airport. But I think what we didn't have as an industry before this was one place, one single place where all of the information could come. We could apply machine learning, some AI, so that we can understand what's happening right now uh, at our airport, what happened a couple of minutes ago. And what's really exciting about this technology is where, what's gonna happen today, tomorrow, next week or next year. So it's this insight that we're getting, this, this ability to make really good, quick decisions with data. Um, that's the foundation of our YVR digital twin. And I've got a, a million questions, I guess, because um, it's very exciting, right? For you guys, but also for the broader industry. How, has it landed in the business? Because it's obviously it's been a very positive thing, but what's the impact been across the existing infrastructure and, and operating model of the airport so far? Let me first acknowledge that any any investment in, in digital transformation, any new products 
it takes a while, especially for air, airports. You know, we're, we're a quite a, a conservative, you know, bureaucratic uh, yep. industry. And uh, introducing new technologies, it's always a challenge. And again, we, we've had that experience with the kiosks and now with the digital twin. My advice here is uh, make sure that we have executive sponsorship right from the beginning, on making sure that our executives, uh, right down from the CEO and the board, understand what this technology is and have that support. Um, start small, start agile, you know, iterative processing. You know, you don't need to create a, a large platform and have everything perfect before you launch. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of airports make in terms of, you know, having that everything perfect before you go into market or just introducing it to your colleagues. Um, start small, iterative, prove out the concept, have some really good visuals, be able to show what's happening and then slowly work your way around the organization that way. So, and, and really that's much more about the actual culture as well, right? That building that sort of momentum and allowing this to land softly. You really are kind of bringing the business along on that journey with you. And I think that's really valuable for any CIO or uh, chief digital officer or chief innovation officer listening to this within the aviation industry. Because as you know, Venari Partners, you know, this is a big market for us. Um, and I'm sure many of our network will be watching this and wondering how you've managed to do this and do this so successfully um, as one of the first airports doing this. So I'm going to ask you about like right at the early days, you know, who came yeah. up with this and and how how long has it taken you? And how did you get the budget sign off? You know, just all the kind of questions right back at the beginning. So we had an executive CEO change during the pandemic. And that was really the catalyst for investment into a digital twin. I recall one of my first meetings with Tamara was uh, her asking us, why don't we have it? Why don't we have a digital twin? Have we ever considered a digital twin? You know, she saw that, you know, coming in fresh set of eyes that we have all of these data sources, yet it's it's not available in one place for our staff to, to make decisions. So I remember during the meeting, I was quickly Googling what is a digital twin uh, just to familiarize myself with it. Um, but, you know, a couple of months later, we had the initial investment that we needed. And um, we were in, within six months, we had our proof of concepts out being used by our employees. Like very positive example of where having a, a CEO or even having any kind of backing at stakeholder just carries so much weight, doesn't it? I mean... So that's been a fortunate situation to have that sort of investment from the rest of your peers. It was. And I just want to add that, you know, another reason that we were so quick to be able to go to market is kind of our innovation hub philosophy. And that is, you know, working with partners, working with companies where there's an exchange of value. So, for example, if you test and trial a product here at our airport, whether that's in our digital sense or our physical sense, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll give you all the resources, we'll give you all of the data to prove out a concept. And then in return, you know, there's some marketing bragging rights that, you know, hey, you've, you've made it work, you've made a product work here at YBR, it's exchange of value. And that's exactly what we did with our digital twin platform. We did not go out to the market with a long competitive bid. We identified who we wanted to partner with. It's a company called Unity. They're probably the largest gaming engine mm -hmm. uh, in the world. We really liked their philosophy and uh, it was that kind of that, that partnership that allowed us to be able to really accelerate development. So again, it was a direct award. There was a lot of benefit to us by doing that. And hey, we got a product out that was working 
and being used by our employees within six months. Which is just tremendous. And so obviously now I'm thinking, well, hang on, if if all airports had this model, what would be the sort of significant impact on the industry? And I think that's the question is, so how do you think this will influence the industry full stop? I mean, what kinds of significant trends are we going to see off the back of this product alone? Data, data sharing, uh, sharing with not only our employees, but with stakeholders. So think of all of the stakeholders who go into operating, you know, supporting an airline or airport operations. Again, we've learned through the pandemic and some really bad weather-related events recently is that there's a real need for everyone to be on the same page. Mm. And again, the investment into this platform is going to be able to make sure that we're all using the same data and we're coming up with the same conclusions and that we're working together as an industry. So for example, in our digital twin, we have what would you call a situational awareness module. So we're looking at passenger flows, we're looking at capacity constraints, and we're getting alerts uh, where we're gonna have potential issues. For example, coming in through customs, we know that we've got you know, three triple sevens coming in and we've only got so many desks open in CBSA. So this again, working with our partners, we can say, hey, in you know the next hour, there's gonna be some real issues. What can we do to work together to be able to minimize this risk? So we can, you know, we can re-divert some customer service desk uh, staff to make sure that customers are better prepared. CBSA can rearrange some of the staff. And so that's what we're, that's where we're really gonna be going. And I see, you know, this common platform for industry um, is, is kind of really the future. And again, I was just thinking in terms of just communication, right, with cust- that customer journey piece, being able to alert them much more qu- uh, quickly about, you know, upcoming delays and and um, or expected changes to their travel route. On that, based on what you've just said there, how are you getting the most value at the moment from using the, d- the digital twin on a daily basis? Yeah, so... Um... One of the important uh, use cases, as I mentioned, was, you know, situational awareness, understanding what's happening right now uh, and being able to dynamically redeploy staff on the fly. What that allows us to do is to decrease the number of staff that we have on duty, for example, and to be able to shift resources depending on where the flight activity is at the airport. We're also using it uh, as a dispatch tool for our maintenance. Um, so be able to, you know, create work orders to be able to visualize where these work orders are and really create an efficient pathway for our, our maintenance staff to get work done. Where we're going in the future is simulation. Again, that's another big thing. How can we change variables using the digital twin, take an asset out of service, take a runway out of service, put in a flight schedule and see what happens that way. So again, we, we have some sim- simulation capabilities, but again, nothing as fulsome as what we're gonna be able to do in the digital twin. Uh, when you combine data, data sources and the digital twin, we're also able then to you know, help us with our climate objectives. So right now, um, uh, we are measuring GHG emissions from aircraft in real time. So everything from wow, 3000 feet to uh, an aircraft arriving at the gate. We know what type of aircrafts are operating in our space. We know what type of engines they have. And by looking at the the data sources, we know know, how fast and and what uh, phase of flight the engines are. So now we're able to capture in real time 
what are our missions as of right now of all of the activity on our air side? Okay, that's really powerful stuff because when you start to look at simulation and being able to put a flight schedule in six months in advance, we can start to apply machine learning and some AI to, to let us know what's the most efficient use of our air side to be able to reduce GHGs. And that's mm. such an important objective for us. And in terms of the wider industry then, because that's huge, right? That benefit is huge. Who else is doing um, this at the moment? Who else has got the digital twin concept up and running that you're aware of in the industry? Yeah, so I, I keep a close eye on what our colleagues at Dallas-Fort Worth are doing, yeah. what Hamad International are doing. You know, there's, there's some good examples of digital twins out there in the industry. Um, but what I, what I encourage, you know, my, my colleagues in the industry is, you know, go a little further with use cases for a digital twin. It doesn't always have to be hard efficiency gains. It can also have heart and soul, which we really believe in. I mentioned before that YVR is, is located on the traditional and unceded territory of Musqueam people. Um, and we have some partnerships with, with Musqueam, a long-term sustainability and friendship agreement. And we're using this technology to tell the story of Musqueam people. So we're going to create a virtual museum of all of the artwork we have at YVR and to be able to display it on our platforms. And also, you know, we're going to kind of roll back, you know, a little bit of a timeline and to be able to show what our airport looked like years, hundreds of years ago before there was an airport and we had Musqueam villages. So again, it helps us with our reconciliation efforts. Chris, what do you think are the primary challenges that the industry faces that holds it back in, in certain areas in terms of innovating? Because you guys have had some really great success, but I know that others in the industry are struggling to get the same track uh, record going. So how, what would your advice be or what do you think the challenges are there? Yeah, I think a couple of things. There's there's uh, investment. How, so how does an airport get started? You know, In difficult times, getting money for new projects can be really difficult. Also, another I just kind of will touch on after is adoption of the technology. You know, you can invest all of the money into a solution, but if no one's using it, why why did you do that? So coming back to funding, um, yeah, we're, we're all under constraints. And I just want to mention, I think constraints, whether they're budget constraints or space, uh, space constraints, that actually can be a really good thing for forcing innovation and, and being really creative, being very entrepreneurial that way. Uh, yes, we were lucky that we had uh, investment from our organization, but I'm not relying on that for future development and growth of our digital twin. You know, we are in active discussions. We're showcasing our work to government. And I'm really pleased to see that government sees the value of what we're doing in terms of creating this collaboration tool. And they're willing to invest into it because they see the value. We're talking to other industries where uh, they want to connect their twins in the region to our twins. So again, opportunities for investment. We have a large port facility in Vancouver, a lot of cruise ship operations, a lot of cargo. So there's a lot of interest from, from uh, industry to see how does, you know, what happens at the airport impact the roadways, impact the port. And there's money out there for, for testing and trialing these assumptions. And finally, as I said, you know, why do we, why do we create commercial opportunities? It's because we, we want to be self-funding uh, eventually in terms of, of our product, not always having to rely on our organization for funding. And again, we've done it with the kiosks. 
and we fully plan on doing it with our, our digital twin. So my last question to wrap things up, and thank you so much for the conversation so far. Aside from Vancouver, which other airport do you think is the most innovative at the moment uh, globally? Yeah, as I, said, I keep my eye on, on what's happening and my colleagues. Uh, uh, and I think, you know, what, what Amsterdam Schiphol is doing, you know, quite a similar philosophy of creating solutions that meet their needs and then going out and selling other airports. I know they're working on a really interesting turnaround solution. So, you know, hats off, congratulations on that. And also uh, Aeroport de Rome uh, is really investing in their innovation hub concept, providing opportunities for local businesses to test and trial and develop products for their airports. So, you know, congratulations to them too. Again, those are two really good examples. It sounds like you guys have got such an amazing future ahead of you and lots and lots to do. So wish you all the very best of luck with taking that product out to market. Um, thank you so much, Chris. Fascinating conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Liv. Appreciate it.